Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Everyone, welcome back to this episode of Blue Collar BS with Brad and Steve. I am Brad and my co-host, Steve. <laughs> are here today to bring you another fun-filled, exciting episode Woo-hoo. of Blue Collar BS. Um, and Steve, we talk often a lot in our intros and things with our guests about bringing solutions, right? Yeah, business solutions to blue collar businesses so that they can thrive and and move forward. Um, today's topic is going to be one that. Many in the construction, manufacturing, and trades world will probably find out that you guys are full of shit. Um, but it's about turning the quote-unquote lazy and entitled young employees into rock stars mm-hmm. and the misconceptions that are out there. And um, it's an article that came through on a smart brief that I subscribe to. The link will be in the show notes from September of 28, talking about how to support um, that Gen Z and also help you as a leader grow and differentiate. So um, what are you seeing in your world first before we dive in the article with Gen Z? Because uh, you're doing a lot of work out in the field. You're seeing things. Yep. You're seeing stupid things. You're seeing dumb fuckery. You're seeing lots of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. are, they, are they learning? Are they growing? Are they gaining knowledge and that wisdom? What are you seeing? So we've talked about a lot about it on other shows where common sense isn't as common. So what we what we believe is common sense with the between us when we look at the young generation that's there, the Gen Zs in the workforce, we just shake our head and we're like, how do you not know these things? Let's just break it down. For example, when we talk these things, so um, some companies I work with, they provide vehicles for their employees. Uh, to get from point A to point B on the job sites, things like that, um, with gas carts. Now, most of them have vehicle trackers in there. Uh, with that track speed, they they actually have cameras in there. You can't go to my girlfriend's house for uh, whatever. I mean, there are some things that you may or may not be able to do. Provided you don't do dumb shit. Again, provided you use common sense... And I'm going to use air quotes, common sense, provided you're using common sense, which, again, we've already established isn't as common with the different generations, their upbringing. So we've had examples or had situations that some employees have taken advantage of. They will advantage of in the sense of use vehicles for 
taking them out of state on vacations over the weekend. And it's like, what are you doing using company gas card, you know, for those purposes? Benefit to me. It's in my wallet. I can use, it's in my wallet. It's in my driveway. Why can't I use it? Right. Right. There is the... Sometimes there could be some general fuckery going on where a couple people are screwing around in the vehicles, kidding around. They're young. They're young. Nobody's around. The excuse is, well, boys will be boys or, you know, they, they're just some things they're going to have to learn on their own going on where. Well, there are some there are some truth to that about maturing and being able to go through opportunity and, mm-hmm. and gaining that, um, you know, the stove is hot. So I'm only going to touch it once type scenario. So, <laughs> yep. Hey, I'm going to stick that fork in that light socket. You know, everybody's like, don't do it. And I'm like, nope, let's watch what happens. <laughs> Let's watch for a minute. Right. Let's see. <laughs> Hang yeah. on. First, before you, before you do that, let me get the uh, let me just get the wood two by four so I can pull you away without hurting <laughs> anybody else. Exactly, exactly. So we see some of those uh, more often than not with the younger generation of things that you'd be like, seriously, didn't your parents teach you these things from a what we assume to be common sense, like common courtesy. Hey, this is this is a company vehicle. This isn't your personal vehicle. You're not driving around with this vehicle like it, like like it's yours. It's it's company property. That's a privilege. Like you stole it. Well, that 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 is a privilege that you know the the company has the right to take it away. Right. So now there's some, you know, with the younger generation and some things that have happened with them, with some of the Gen Zs, uh, those privileges have been removed and they've had to learn the hard way. And it's like, well, my vehicle's in the shop. Well, you're going to have to figure something out because this vehicle is no longer available to you because you didn't use it within the guidelines that were that were established. Right. So setting expectations is very, very important mm-hmm. to understand that. And we take for granted those work assumptions in the workplace that Everybody just knows, and that that extra thirty minutes of onboarding, that extra training, that extra don't just go on the job training with Joe or George, right? Because they're not going to know all the things along the way that are going to get you in trouble without that same mm-hmm. frame of reference. So let's get to the article. All right. So one of the things that I love in this article that I'm reading, right? The problem is that the business world doesn't have the luxury of misreading Gen Z for long. Uh, Young people are cashing in their choice chips. They don't have to stay put at a company that doesn't understand them and refuses to learn. Hmm. The key here is the company refuses to learn. Hmm. So how have you supported your clients in helping them learn? to adapt to Gen Z? What are some of the things you have done? What are some of the solutions you have provided your clients or others to be successful in in adapting to Gen Z? And as painful as it was for the Gen X owner, boomer owner, even millennial owner to adapt because it's just irritating. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you've implemented? Yeah. So Several things that we've implemented in in the hire one we we implemented right in the hiring process is we're actually bringing along behavioral assessments in the hiring process so we can actually have a better understanding of how we communicate with these new hires right off the bat 
then we we bring them in and we introduce them as part of the team and we show them how they fit in with how they communicate how they're motivated the other thing that we talk about right right from the get-go when we're when they're brought in is that quote-unquote common sense this is what is considered common sense for the company so we kind of reestablish what do we as a company believe is common sense see something say something might be something to start with mm-hmm. so those are those are a couple things that we actually start with just keep, we try to okay. keep it very simple very matter of fact and then from there we can actually learn you know how everyone is actually different and how we as whether they're leaders they're different crew members it's the office staff versus the staff that's out in the field it's how do we need to adapt ourselves so that we can better understand and communicate with the, with the other people. So those are some very quick things that we implemented early on. That's the opportunity, right? The company has to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a networking partner who's in the HVAC world. They hired four Gen Z service techs to in a very short period of time and the senior technicians were pissed off about it to start Mm -hmm. because they're like, you're slowing me down. You're doing this, you're doing that until they realized that, Oh, Oh, these kids are going to be on call. Mm. Really? I don't have 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 that phone on my bedside at 2 Mm AM. I'm just waiting for a call when I'm on call for that particular day or week or weekend. Oh yeah. So helping the, Tenured employees understand the value of bringing in young talent as well as is really important. And, and it's allowed them to create that knowledge transfer faster because if the mm-hmm. kid that came in can handle the call all by himself, no worries. Right. If the kid can't handle it. Guess who's still getting the call at 2 a.m.? <laughs> the senior technician, right? Absolutely. So for them not to get the call, they got to figure out how not to get the call. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so having the owners understand that it's important to make that knowledge transfer so that they can be that senior tech can be in a better space and have a good night's sleep was also important. Mm-hmm. So step one here in this throw the assumptions out the window. Mm. Okay. So what assumptions do you believe everybody makes? What do we believe everybody makes with the Gen Z? What, what assumptions do you believe people are making? And this article points it out too, and people can read the article. What are the assumptions people make about that 26 and younger crowd? So some of the assumptions, and some of them aren't actually in here. Uh, the, the, the number one thing is that they are, quote unquote, lazy. Like they, they just don't, quote unquote, want to work, which we know that, again, that assumption is wrong. They're not lazy. Correct. Uh, we just have to behave differently and interact differently with them. Yeah, that laziness is a, hey, guess what? I can be at the job site at sunrise, sit around for four hours before I can start my work mm-hmm. and pick around on my phone or do something or not what whatever and be completely unproductive. And that's acceptable. Or I could show up at 10 o'clock when work's supposed to start and I can use that four hours for my own productivity and I don't yeah. have to worry about it. And that's the big difference is we don't have to be in the parking lot in order to bring value to an organization, mm-hmm. which ultimately, if you think about it, if you're willing to pay them to sit around to do nothing, why would you not be willing to pay them to do nothing not while not being there? 
Right. Because it's essentially the same thing, right? You don't have to change. The wage doesn't need to change because they're not going to show up. Mm-hmm. So why would you not pay them the same but take away a safety risks, take away other issues that may exist to provide that flexibility and allow them to work with a passion while they're there versus not feeling valued? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's look at the number, the number two thing on that list yep. where we uh, blow up expectations. So when you have been with some of your clients, what are some of the expectations that they initially had with the younger workforce that they kind of had? Drives to- me crazy. The one that drives me the most crazy yeah. is, oh, it's going to take a year, year and a half for them to get up to speed, to know our business, to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like that's bullshit. At the end of the day, you do the same thing over and over and over again. The scope of work changes, right? I mean, not every day when you're on a construction site, it's all going to be the same. Yeah. But the functionality of your business is pretty much very routine. And knowing when they should be asking questions and where to put things in, that's a very, very short learning curve for most young people because they pick up pretty quickly on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they can pick up pretty quickly on what shit you're throwing out there, if it's real or not. And decide to stay or not stay. And for me, that biggest thing is, oh, it's going to take forever for them to learn. No, be prepared to give them. If you give them a list that you think is going to take them eight hours, be prepared that it's going to be done in four. And it's probably better than your expectations were ever, ever expected. Right. Absolutely. And I've seen that on some of the job sites and actually some of the the office staff that uh, one of my clients has hired where all the expectations just had to go out the window from how they wanted a role to be set up, what they expected the person to do. Once a person got in there and they actually started understanding, hey, what are these this person's capabilities? All the initial expectations for what they wanted this person to do, gone. And things had to change. And now you actually have a better producing employee because you allowed that change, that expectations to happen. And you're able to establish them and leverage the employee's input. It's just weird when you do that. Right. Yeah. Wow. Employee input creates buy-in and, and progress. That's what? weird. Weird. I know. Oh, really weird. Freaking- weird when the new guy comes in and says, hey, let's try this. And you say, ah, that'll never work because it didn't work 15 years ago. But why won't it work today? Instead of saying, mm-hmm. right, free yourself to think of those alternatives, which is the next thing. How do you think about your business differently? How do you allow them to bring in technology new sources, new ways of doing or thinking to solve problems because they are some of the best problem solvers on the, you know, out there today. They may not have the same wisdom and knowledge or application of knowledge um, that's out there, but they're really good at finding alternatives and solutions to current situations to, to bring freedom to explore that you may never have stumbled across if George was doing it on your behalf. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as a, so one of the things was as a bit, here's this, their paragraph. As a business, we've challenged the typical ways of working. Uh, we have a small team with diverse wants and needs. We got a baby boomer who wants to continue to contribute but not have to do it full time. We got a millennial who's is the mother of a young child. Uh, when he was an infant, it was vital for her to spend more time. Now that he is older, she's open to more opportunities. We have another team member who prefers to work close to home versus traveling. Understanding what your team needs 
for employment as we mm-hmm. go back through that Maslow's hierarchy of need yep. is really, really important to provide that opportunity to think about your workforce differently. It's no longer eight to four, have your car in the parking lot. That That's not the way of the world anymore, um, particularly for the support roles in, in manufacturing, construction trades, for sure. Mm-hmm. Direct labor, different story, but right. you also need to rethink your direct labor and how you handle that. Yep. So I like this last point where in the article where it's talking about celebrating some differences that have been created. And we all have to look in the mirror because we helped create the Gen Zs, whether they're my kids, your kids, maybe somewhere in the, you know, the old, the younger millennial could be Gen Z. Uh, my kids definitely fit into the Gen Z. And um, we as parents, you know, the, their traits actually exist because how we actually raise them. You know, we want them to have more freedom, uh, be able to thrive. Yeah, I think you said you were a millennial, Steve. I think I'm I not a millennial. That, no, I'm Gen X. Pure, proud Gen X. For sure. <laughs> still getting those digs in. We'll still take them. <laughs> I try. So when we look at, you know, the generation that we help create and, and help frame, the Gen Zs, as much as the things that we don't like that they are doing, We've actually helped ingrain that and helped instill that. We provided that quote-unquote common sense for them to say it's okay to throw out the rule book and to take some chances, take some risk uh, for some freedom so that they can actually do the things that they are quote-unquote passionate about, they want to do. Right. So we have to be able to accept that because we help create that monster. Absolutely. And and it's it's great when they don't have responsibility or authority when they're, you know, on the soccer fields or on the hockey rinks or wherever they are participating. But when they t- join the workforce, oh, yeah, that's right. They will join the workforce. We created the opportunity mm-hmm. and, and we reap what we sow. And it's very important to um, accept and celebrate the things that they bring and change. And it's OK. And how do we do it differently? Let's figure it out. And, and we've talked about this before, about the opportunity to fail. Mm-hmm. That runway has gotten shorter and shorter and yep. shorter in, in the uh, employment world. And it's something that we need to accept and understand. Everything can't be the sky is falling moment. Sometimes it's just, yep, it was a mistake. And if you look at the mistakes that are made on your in your facility, in your factory, on your job sites, and it was done by a young person, and if George, who's been there for 15 years, had a bad day and did the same thing, what would your reaction be? Ask yourself that as the mm-hmm. business owner or the foreman or the crew leader or whatever it is. If somebody that was senior made the same mistake, what would your reaction be if they had a bad day? Versus the young kid who may not have that same knowledge and wisdom made the mistake because he they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ask yourself that question as, as part of your business and, and just take that step back and think about it before you react. Mm-hmm. So we will post this article in the uh, show notes so that you guys can read it. And we've talked about it on the show numerous times. Gen Z is the future of the blue collar world and we have to accept it and embrace it and figure out how to bring more in because the numbers don't add up. We cannot allow all the boomers, all the Gen Xers to retire or have their bodies broken down 
because we didn't work hard. We we worked hard, not necessarily smart. Right? We didn't have the we didn't have the battery pack crimping joints for plumbing and things like that. Oh, no, we were we all in there, they're all over the place instead of just taking your Milwaukee tool crimper and go, oh, oh, done. Okay, packs, all that fun shit that wasn't there. Yeah. These kids have solutions and we need to allow them the opportunity to shine. So Mr. Doyle, thank you for again for being on this episode of Blue Collar BS. Yes. And thanks, uh, Brad. providing some solutions to our listeners. All right. Thanks, Brad. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.